Yeah, is like their graphics cards are even are one of the most expensive part about a computer from what I from what I've heard from like yeah. everyone. Yeah, and they're also really hard to get right now still. Yeah, they're, like, they're super hard to get right now because of supply chain. Yeah, and then the price has been blown up because of cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, because you got to use one of those to mine shit. Yeah, which made me start thinking about cryptid currency cryptid and if we should have our own (laughs) cryptocurrency that's cryptids that's cryptid currency (laughs) and a mothman nft situation oh god should we break in should we just go full grifter at this point no like i don't even have the patience to figure out how exactly that thing works Mm -hmm. and also every time that any of my favorite properties go into nfts it's all the time. Oh yeah, met was with it? such distaste. Uh, Crypt TV started releasing. Do, have you ever watched any of their stuff? Yeah, I've watched. I love Crypt TV stuff. Yeah, they started doing NFTs. Oh, I know. And I was like, oh my no. So did uh, Valiant Comics. Uh, Valiant Comics has gotten into NFTs on their Twitter page. It said, "We have partnered with the Metaverse to release NFTs," and I'm like, Valiant, no, it's not going to be a thing. No, it's not. It, <laughs> it's, we. They or can, it'll be it will be a thing that people who are already into the concept of it will get into. Yeah, if you if you were into the concept of it, you you'll be you're right at home. If you're not on board now, you're not on board at all. Um, so that's our hot metaverse take. That's our hot you, metaverse in, in take. And now we're going to do a an actually kind of reoccurring an accident, segment. Yeah, an accidental so, reoccurring segment. Uh, really, but this is going to be. The Backyard Beer. Beer in our backyard. Beer in our backyard. Where we talk about beer for a second because I like to drink while I'm recording. Yeah, and I, and I just like beer and I also like to drink while I'm recording. So what today, is, yeah. This is Eggenberg, which is a, a brewery in Austria. Their <sighs> Sammy Klaus Classic used to be the the world's strongest beer. Oh, um, it is at 14%. It is 14%. I see there, it is an Austrian triple bock. I mean, it's ooh, it smells very strong. It's syrupy. Yeah, oh, it smells like mm-hmm. syrup. Yeah, it does. I'm getting that hint. Okay. Ooh, that's yeah. Mm, oh wow, that is straight syrup. Yeah, that's one of those ones where I'm like, mm. it's not horrible. No, but I would never drink more than like this little mm-hmm. eight ounce. That and even I even drink less than you, and that is enough for me. Yeah. I also mm. have drunk it before, so I was prepared. Oh, okay. I have never had anything like that before, and yeah, that is it's, syrup. Yeah, the the stronger the beer, the sweeter it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why, like, we were we were I was at a bar, and Lex, my girlfriend, got me a sherry cask aged barley wine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to try that. It sounds not different. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and usually like a lot of the bars I go to, if you get a barley wine, you're getting just like an eight to 10 ounce glass. It's mm-hmm. not going to be very big because mm-hmm. they're sh- strong beers. Okay. Yeah. And this one it ended up being like 12 or 14 ounces, that's, which is a lot. That's huge. Especially for, that. for Yeah. Especially for something <laughs> sweet. Like, yeah. Because barley wines usually end up being in this like anywhere like eight to 15%. Damn. And it's just, it, and it, it's like drinking syrup sometimes. Yeah, that, that I, um, if, if I had drank, if I, if you had handed me like, um, snow cone syrup, mm-hmm. same consistency. Yeah, it really is. It's super syrup. thick. Yeah. So the similar class. Mm-hmm. It does have like, it's got like a slight. I'll do one more sip mm, to it's, be, it's a vi- for, to pull, to be a team player. So it's got malt, which I like, but oh, it's, it's m- worse. It's m- <laughs> 
it's like like the the one time I've brewed beer, mm-hmm. I, it came the the package came with malt syrup, mm-hmm. um, and that's what this tastes like. It tastes just like drinking the malt syrup. Oh yeah, no, that's worse the second time. Yeah, it's it's. Oh. Sorry, Eggenberg. It's as far as like super strong goes beers go. It's a good super strong beer. Yeah, just not what i like to drink no definitely not what i like to drink i would yeah. not if i saw this i would not i would if i saw the can at a bar i'd be like that looks weird but i also don't want it yeah like but who boy yeah but it, it was also on sale it was like that's fair it was like 11 bucks when it normally would be like 15 to 20 yeah that's so I was like, a, oh, it's yeah. worth trying so yeah but i'm also tr- i had this weird bucket list moment of gnosis <laughs> like a couple years ago where I was like, I want to try one of every beer style. That's what you mentioned last pod, uh, uh, last episode. Yeah. So th- this has marked off my Austrian triple Bach. There you go. Uh, on my, on my checklist. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad I, I'm glad we were both here to help you knock that off. Cause, but you could have the rest. Of I, yeah. I probably will not be finishing that. I've got oh, two more cans man. in there and they're going to end up at a party. And then I will leave them at said party. <laughs> I have done that before. That's the best part about going to a party and you have like beer. It's like, oh yeah, everyone, BYOB. BYOB. I, yeah, and I'm going to L my OB. Leave my beer. Leave um, my own beer. But anyways, welcome, welcome. to another podcast episode Yay. of Our Haunted Backyard. The podcast where we discuss country road cryptids, small town spooky, mm-hmm. Local legends, and there there was some that country. There was some Con- that, you said country, country, country road country, Yeah, I'm Co- gonna I've got to write that down yeah. and like have it like embroidered on <laughs> a, on something and then hang it like right above yeah, your head. Yeah, like so right that, above the head. Yeah. yeah, right above my head. I've got one other. Small I do towns. have an embroidery in here, but it just says penises. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I'll have to I'll have to have somebody make like make me a little thing so I know exactly what our tagline is. Yeah. But it's I uh, uh, love the tagline and uh, to hide everybody who listen who's listened to the who's listening and to everybody and all the new listeners. Yeah. So we yeah. Th- we have now started releasing episodes. Yes. And we have listeners, which is cool. We have listeners in other countries. It's crazy. I'm uh, that blew my mind when you showed me the analytics. Of yeah. That. So um, I'm going to go ahead and like shout out Matt at Ghost Stories for the End of the World because I think he's a major part of that. Oh um, yeah. Fantastic podcast. Uh, if you're into the spooky and political, mm, give out, uh, g- give it a listen. Ghost stories for the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about Disney lately. Oh man! About how Disney basically hired not the CIA itself, yeah, but front companies for the CIA to make Disney World in in, in Florida. Well, they, yeah, oh, that's so. Yeah, that. Oh wow, I'll have to listen to that. Because like, and I didn't know this. Disney World. Was not as much. In, I don't think so anymore. They were basically like the Vatican. It was its own little nation state inside of America. It used to be. Yeah, I yeah. do remember that. And yeah, that was one of the reasons they hired people from the CIA That's to help them. Fucking crazy. Uh, I do the, know about one uh, person that uh, we're friends on TikTok. Uh, their their name on TikTok is uh, Punksley, and I just wanted to say hi. Thanks for listening, Punksley. You're great. Uh, but yeah, so we're releasing episodes, and we also have our first email yes well, we do our, our first emailed story yes we do uh, uh yes i was gonna bring that up too but yes we put out a request on social media saying if you got a spooky story 
let us know. We'll read it on the, the podcast and talk about it. Yeah. Because and, it's cool. And he sent two stories. Yeah. From our friend that we know from the Renaissance Festival, Rob Whiskey. Great guy. Love him. He plays one of our guards. And Rob has sent us two stories. And I'll just uh, read them verbatim from the email. Hi, guys. This story, actually two stories, isn't my own experience, but my sister's. Kind of short, but still spoopy. Story number one. My sister had a friend back in high school that lived in an old farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. One night, my sister, this friend, and a couple other friends in a group were having a sleepover and have a brilliant idea to play around with a Ouija board. Not good. Don't ever do that. Well, I don't remember what they asked the spirits, but apparently they pissed something off because... The little triangle lens thingy, I think that's called a planchette. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I think that's a planchette. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it's called. I think it's called a planchette thingy that you put your hands on. And he even says in in, a, in parentheses, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Um, flung itself off of the board into the wall and slid down the wall. So, I like... <laughs> when it, that, the, the slid down the wall that's that's something i want clarification on because when yeah. you say that it sounds like it stuck to the wall that's what i picture and then just too. slowly mm-hmm. like slid down it and or if, like did it like hit the wall and then fall yeah but i when, when sliding down again yeah i picture the exact same thing you were saying it hit the wall stuck for like points a couple seconds and then just so maybe the nice. ghost was trying to do that 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 skeet skeet song <laughs> for the window to the wall. I'm gonna hunt your holes. <laughs> and the second story. So that's where that story ends. I hopefully they either burned it or and or they did the closing ritual, which is you always have to spell out. You always have to say goodbye and then you burn it. That's what you're supposed to do. Maybe, so okay. Tinfoil hat time. Yeah. Uh, the Ouija board people, who I think are the Parker Brothers. They, 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 the Parker Brothers did acquire the the rights to produce Ouija boards. They, they probably were like, we should tell everybody they need to burn the Ouija board. Yeah. After each time they use the so Ouija board, because then we just they have to buy Ouija more boards. Ouija boards. <laughs> oh man, probably. Uh, but also do it because even if it is a capitalist plot, <laughs> it's better safe than sorry. Uh, the second story came from the same house, same group of friends. So already. This group of friends. No, I don't know them at all. I only know Rob. Uh, so, Rob's sister. Not judging you and your friend choices, but you don't need to stop meta. <laughs> maybe not do these things. The same, maybe at the same sleepover, question mark. Not sure. But one of them woke up in the middle of the night and looked out the window to see someone walking through the field next to the house. They woke the others, and apparently all of them saw the same thing lit up clearly by the full moon a man dressed in a red coat yes and then quote to end in a parentheses yes as the as in the red coats of the american revolution uh marching across the field rifle in hand anyway i hope this is spooky enough for the podcast look forward to future episodes take care so my first thought yeah was like what if it was just some lost reenactor <laughs> <laughs> late at night guys like, i'm here for the like we were doing a reenactment i'm ready for the bayonet charge oh and and now i got a uh whiskey if you're if you're listening which i hope you are thank you it was that house do you the history of that do you know if it was on a 
revolution uh revolutionary battlefield is it near a battlefield of the revolutionary war yeah that's the that's the kind of information i want is yeah like, what was going on i do know kentucky didn't see a lot of british soldiers coming yeah. over a lot of what happened in kentucky was they would hire native americans to yeah. fight the uh the colonists yeah yeah they, so yeah. that but but i am all but i'm also certain well semi-certain that there were probably british troops in kentucky at various points throughout the time almost definitely but so yeah that's that's kind of, yeah that's kind of i want a little more history i'm like okay because like i i said back in like episode zero kentucky's one of the like it's a spooky it's state. It's a spooky state. It's a scary state, yeah. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. I am 100% believe there's something out there walking around the field. Oh, I would totally be down for believing that, uh, yeah. And so that, yeah, I just want, like, a little more background on the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, de yeah, same. The background on the house and on the area that the house is in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, Rob, thank you. Thank you very much. And like that. we said to everyone else, if you've got a spooky story, feel free to share it. And we will read it on air. Yes. Maybe if we start getting enough, we might just start doing like listener submitted story episodes. Yes. yes. So, Eric. Yes, Ian. Today. Yes. We are covering the Minerva monster. Oh yeah. Ooh. So this is the Minerva, as in Roman goddess mm -hmm. of wisdom. Oh yeah. I did not uh, know that. Not named after the Roman goddess of wisdom, mm -hmm. uh, was actually named for the first child born in the town. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Minerva, so, Ohio. Minerva, Ohio. Yeah. So it is a village of barely three and a half thousand people. Like to, like the most recent census. Really? Was yeah, not even three and a half thousand. That's not a lot of people at all. No, that's really small. Yeah. And it sits on the banks of the Sandy Creek, on the borders of Carroll, Columbiana, yeah, Columbian, Columbiana, Columbiana, Columbiana River. Uh. County. County. Columbia and Stark County. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Gotcha, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Northeastern Ohio. Yeah. It's about 70 miles south of Cleveland, mm -hmm. 70 miles west of Pittsburgh. Okay. So it's kind of a very central location for these major industrial hubs. Yeah, okay. That's, uh, I, I got a picture of it. It was founded in 1818 when John Whitaker purchased... 125 acres of land from Isaac Craig, mm -hmm. and the village was named after Whitaker's niece and the first child born in the town, hmm. Minerva Ann Taylor. Hmm. Nice. Um, as a town, it has gone through several different big economic phases, mm -hmm. um, largely driven by its location. Yeah. So it was originally founded to take advantage of its space on the Sandy Creek, and it used the river power to ha had a log mill and a grist mill. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was like the, so it was making logs that were largely being sent up to Cleveland mm -hmm. and flour that was sold. Yeah. Flour that um, was, yeah. Later, later on, it became a major stopping point on the Sandy and Beaver Canal. Yeah. So it was on, it was a canal town. And then mm -hmm. later on when the canal was replaced by railroads, mm -hmm. it became a central hub on the Pennsylvania railroad. Oh. Once again, doing a lot of shipping of coal yeah. and that kind of stuff um, between Cleveland, Pittsburgh. And currently it is also... Mostly, it's there's a lot of fracking and strip mining in the community, and that's kind of like where I so <laughs> I told Eric when I was watching the documentary, I was like, I'm gonna get weird on this episode. <laughs> so I, I hope you're all ready to hear. <laughs> he's been hyping up uh, how weird he's gonna get, and I'm excited. Like the things that go on in Ian's brain uh, <laughs> that I semi sincerely believe. There's a part of me that's like always oh, like, I maybe I'm just making things up in my mm -hmm. brain, but it's one of these things where when you start scratching. The past the surface levels of the paranormal and cryptozoology and those kind of things. Yeah. The weird stuff starts coming out mm -hmm. because you start seeing 
patterns. Yes. And some of these patterns, like the, one of the major ones is the concept of the liminal space, mm -hmm. which is uh, a place between places. It's a concept that came out of 19th century anthropology mm -hmm. that was originally describing specific rites of initiation. Yeah. And that you were in a liminal position when you began the rite, but you yeah. hadn't finished it. Okay. That was kind of like you were in this weird space. Um, and that that's ended up getting broadened out to all different kinds of concepts, including like physical geographic space. So there mm -hmm. are like liminal place, places like doorways, liminal places. Oh, yes. Yep. yep. And you start learning like a lot of ghosts show up in doorways they do um, a lot of bathrooms bathrooms are considered liminal places for some reason that makes sense and like a lot of haunted bathrooms a lot of haunted bathrooms um country roads once again like going from point a to point b haunted bridges yeah like all of these places tend to have a lot of paranormal activity yes, around them true. um which then you start getting into slightly more occult stuff and the fact yes. that you will use thresholds crossroads all feature very heavily in various types of rites and rituals mm-hmm yeah, no, you're right. You're yeah, I've no yeah, I've noticed that a lot too. And I even noticed because Loveland was in my brain, the layout of because they, they talk about in the the documentary the layout of the town and how the town kind of curves around the river and canal and the road that the frogman was seen on yeah has a very similar curve yeah to it yeah because it's following the Miami River yeah. And, and they even say that rivers can also have like energy. They can be like barriers, and they can like rivers can yeah rivers can be barriers yeah. rivers can like have an energy flow to them as well but yeah so this 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 town is kind of it is it is in this liminal physical space mm -hmm. and it's always kind of caught in this liminal economic space where it's always kind of uh, at the whims of whatever the economic trend currently is okay um, and then the fact that it's now currently being a lot of the area around it like I said uh, fracking and strip mines. Mm -hmm. And those are other places that you see a lot of cryptid and paranormal stuff happen is places that are mi like mines, um, like mm -hmm. a, uh, the Hellier case. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Hellier, Kentucky is a bit, is like the original case from that show took place at a house that had an old mine on its land. It's true, yeah. Uh, Kelly Hopkinsville attached to a, actually the same cave system that these mines in Hellier. Yeah are attached to the big, the mammoth, I think they're the mammoth caves. Like there's just these, there's these huge caves under Kentucky. Yeah. I think that's um, the mammoth cave. But yeah. Like, I can't be certain. And so there's this, the, there's the, the Kelly Hopkinsville goblin case yeah, and kind of case. Southwest Kentucky mm -hmm. and then Hellier, which is more Northeast. Yeah. But they're both very similar cases involving mines and caves. And so that's kind of stuff that's, gets my brain going like, Oh, mm -hmm. what's going on here with these monsters and strip mining. Yeah. And that's going to be why I'm, I, I call the, like the subtitle of this episode is Ian thinks Bigfoot's a ghost. That's, <laughs> you were also not alone in that kind of thinking. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, and that's why I said like, once you start kind of scratching the level, I, I think like the good entry level text is the Mothman prophecies Yeah, by Jonathan, I think it's Jonathan Keel. And he kind of is one of the first people who starts widely spreading that concept of all of these different phenomena that we experience throughout the, the centuries mm -hmm. are not unrelated and that they are, they, they could be instead of like extraterrestrials, they could be, uh, I think the term he uses is ultra terrestrials. Yeah. I've they heard that term a lot. Exist in this world, but just in a different plane of existence. Yeah. For, for oh a, uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's like in the concept of the Fey realm and old mythology like that, the entrance of the Fey realm and falling into the Fey realm and being, and being, 
captured in the Fey Realm. So another thing that kind of ends up tying into this that I wasn't going to go into, but when you talked about the Fey Realm, mm-hmm. made me think about. So if you look back at folklore in Scotland and Ireland, mm-hmm. and they have all of these Fey encounters. Yeah. And they live, it's usually, especially like up in the highlands of Scotland, there's all there's all these standing stones, weird fey encounters that when you start reading them, read very similar to alien encounters. Mm-hmm. And then the, so the Scotch-Irish yeah. move to America into Appalachia. Mm-hmm. And this is the place, these are the places where we end up getting a lot of these weird cases. Mm-hmm. The same, like the people who and in Europe were having these weird encounters move to the place in America, where the weird encounters happen. Yeah. And then it gets even more wild when you consider that the Appalachian Mountains were part of a Pangean mountain range that is now located mostly in the in the continental U.S., mm-hmm. but in Scotland, in Ireland, in uh, west, like a wet northwestern Africa. Huh. Yeah. Whoa. So Bigfoot's an alien ghost. Bigfoot's an alien ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot. There's actually like... There, with the, when it comes to the Minerva monster, getting back on track, uh, there's a lot to talk about, and it's one of those ones where I'm starting to realize, like, we keep ha- we have we've had multiple stories now mm-hmm. where I'm like, we need to do another episode on this someday. Yeah, um, because there are a there's a lot more history to the sightings, both before the ones that we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. and current. Like, there are still mm-hmm. sightings to this day that are occurring. Yes, but. For the most part, I'm going to focus on the, the major story that when people are talking about the murder monster, they talk they were talking about this specific. Basically, it's a month of encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one that or the Small Town Monster documentary focuses on, and it is I guess referred to generally as the Minerva Monster Flap. I I got that specifically off of the Bigfoot Field Research Organization website, which mm-hmm. is my other major uh, source. Uh-huh. So the flap, we're talking. Uh, Summer, early fall, 1978. Okay. The primary witnesses are the Caton family. Mm-hmm. There's the mother, Evla Caton. Uh, the father, Herbert, I, I think. Herbert Caton. Yeah, Herbert okay. Caton. Some other resources I read listed it as Howe, but Howe shows up in the documentary and is a son. So may, like maybe Howe was sh- like Herbert's nickname, or maybe. maybe these other sources got it wrong. Maybe. That's, that's, that's why when, I, when yeah. I realized I could get like the original uh, research, like the original report taken from this family, um, which was taken by Ron Schaffner mm-hmm. uh, for the, the Bigfoot Field Research Organization. Um, yeah. Basically, like, within like that same time period, he was down there collecting information. Him and a couple other researchers were down there collecting information and he's like said this is probably one of the weirdest cases in like the history of like bigfoot sightings in general but also yeah. the ones that he specifically worked on i knew it was yeah i knew it this one was a very special case like because ohio we know like if, for those of you who don't know but ohio knows we got this guy called the grass man and yeah. he's and he i'm not saying he was like he's like our only big big footy thing but like this I know from from what I from what I watched in the documentary in front of what I've just like came up came upon looking at this looking at this case and looking at this uh, the Minerva monster it is it is the more just what actually went down yeah like like what, like, like, what well, is it, actually going on it's not just like a one and done sighting it's a series of interactions yeah that are inc- like get increasingly bizarre yeah um a little violent. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, but it didn't start out violent. It started no. out very peaceful and like friendly. Yeah. And then there, so, and there ends up being things that happen that like I remember from other Bigfoot cases. So mm-hmm. it's like this this consistency of action across geography and time. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it, it is a super bizarre case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we've got Evelyn Caton Herbert, the son Howe. Um, the dare, the the daughter Mary Ackerman, mm-hmm. um, and then there are other friends and family who are eyewitnesses to the events. Okay. Um, there's also a major character is a local sheriff deputy James Shannon, who was one of the first uh, police officers on the scene the night of the the first major event. Okay. Um, there's also uh, another good resource and character from the from the story is um, a reporter for the Akron Beacon Journal. Barbara Galloway, um, though back then she was Barbara Mudrack, which makes me laugh a little bit because mudrakers were, <laughs> were was a term for uh, journalists at one point in time. So when I first oh. I was watching the documentary with Mary and I saw her her uh, maiden name and it made me laugh really hard. Mary's like looking at me. I was like, <laughs> She's like, "Why are you like, making fun of this mudra- woman's last mudrakers. name?" Mudrakers, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> and then of course Rob Schaffner. So this house, once again, going back to the concept of liminal spaces, the house is located on Highway 30, which is one of the first national highways stretching from New York City all the way to San Francisco. Oh, cool. Okay. And so this house is like right off of Highway 30. Yeah. In a heavily forested area. So it's this major Mm -hmm. country highway. Yeah. But it ends up getting enclosed in this forest, this little section of it. Um, And this is also an area where they actually have, the, the Catons have a former strip mine on their land. Mm-hmm. Okay. Former strip mine in the woods mm-hmm. in 1978. I'm just painting the picture in my head. Yeah. It's, and so like, yeah, you, you get this kind of, this, this, this sense of space and geography. Mm-hmm. And so the sightings started, like they, they started having these experiences in the woods, the kids and the family in general were there. There's something in the woods around the house. There were like rocks being thrown, um, yeah. but not in an aggressive manner. How the son actually thought it was like a hermit who lived out in the woods, <laughs> which is just like really funny to me. They're like, yeah, yeah. it's just, it, it's just, it's it's just, just hermit, hermit guy, hermit man. It's just a hermit throwing rocks at us. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's old, old dude throwing rocks at us. It's cool. It's whatever. It's, I'm actually more worried about that guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which I just, I just get out of my house. Get out. <laughs> this is our forest. No, it's my house. It's my house. Uh, but yeah, they would like throw rocks back and forth at each other as like a game. I've heard um, that a lot in, in big, and uh, that seems to be another like pattern behavior that these creatures have. These creatures are sub- are supposed to have. Yeah, because I, I start I started yeah. thinking when I when I read that, I started wondering if I had heard the story before because I actually hadn't heard of the Minerva monster before this, and I was like, was it? I, I'm like, I think I heard this, but then I remembered it. I can't remember the case's name. But there's another case that was actually much more violent than this one. Oh. And it was like, yeah, they were, it was like this family in a cabin on vacation and they end up like getting under siege from Bigfoot. And they were, it was like throwing big rocks oh, at, the, shit. at the house. It sounds like, yeah, I think that sounds like a movie. I but this too. one was just kind of like a friendly, like, yeah, we're going to throw rocks. Yeah. And how, uh, talked about, they would put, uh, marks, they would like take like a permanent marker and put yeah. an X on the rock, throw it. And then the same rock would come back. Oh, cool. Whoa. Um, and then apparently th- one of their, their family friends said to it, like, if you're so smart, hit me in the face. And it did. <laughs> Which then, once again, 
if it was a hermit, is very funny to me. Yeah. This guy's just like, stop throwing rocks at me. <laughs> You're so smart. Hit me in the face. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making moonshine. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm just making my moonshine. And then one day, and this, I w- I'm wondering, like, it's, if I had kind of one critique of the, the Small Town Monsters documentary, it was that the timeline, they didn't establish timeline very well. And that's why I didn't even want to go into the the sightings that might have happened like decades before this. Because there were yeah. some people in the documentary where I'm like, you were 10 in 1978. You no. were probably 10 in 1958. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I didn't want to get into all those sightings. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm also wondering if this was what caused things to start getting a little darker. But one day... How and his brothers decided to chase the thing, which I think they still thought was a hermit. They at this probably point in time. still thought it was just some guy. And then they jumped on it. What? They like tackled this, the, the, thinking that there's like this hermit in the woods. We're like, we're gonna tackle the hermit who's throwing rocks at us. And then it bit one of the brothers. Oh my god! <laughs> what? And why would? Why would you? Even if it was a hermit, yeah. Guy, like why? Why, why are you tackling children? If I have any like ten year olds listening to this episode, like listen to this episode, don't tackle people don't in the forest. Don't tackle random Just forest. Just life people. advice from Uncle Ian. Yeah, don't tackle random people in the forest. Wow, I I was a pretty scaredy cat of a child. Even but even now as a as a somewhat grown adult, I'm not tackling anything I see Espe- in the woods. Yeah, Espe- Espe- like I'm not gonna tackle unless like. I'm in a football game for some weird reason. Yeah, which which be weird because neither of us are sports people. Yeah, so and even then I would be like, I don't know if I'm gonna, I, like, I'll be over here. Yeah, like watching every. I'll I'll just encourage you all. I should just be a cheerleader. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, but yeah, especially out in the forest, don't tackle things. Yeah, just don't tackle things. Yeah. Wow, um, that's bold. I mean, go then, but that's bold. <laughs> especially for like children. Yeah, especially for children. <laughs> Damn. And so. This is starting to happen, like, beginning of August. Okay, yeah. Evelyn's reported that she thinks that it might been caused by Herbert leaving trash out for raccoons. <laughs> She's like, maybe it came out and it started eating my garbage. I give them credit for trying to, <laughs> like, trying to connect things to it. Like, oh, it's, it, we're like, we're gonna, it's a hermit. We'll throw rocks back at it. We'll make sure that these are the same rocks. It might have gotten close to the house because there was free food. Yeah, like, they're trying to connect real things that could happen yeah and that well that's one of the things i love about this this case is because it is they are consistently logical yeah like this is and it's one of those things where they like the family itself was very nervous about talking about this situation to anybody else because they didn't want to be perceived as hicks yeah right yeah i under like i understood their impulse but i'm also like yeah these are the the people who are generally seeing these things are what might be drugly called hicks mm-hmm. they're just backcountry people but at the same time those are the people i'm going to trust yeah when it comes to seeing weird things in the forest because they know what a bear looks like they know what a bear yeah they know what a raccoon looks like they like, know yeah. what a, a cougar looks like and this is something mary and i were talking about while we were watching the documentary is like because a lot of people are like oh they're it's just drunk kicks i'm like well first off yeah they're country people they know what animals look like right in the in the day at night I trust their judgment. I would too. 100%. And as far as drinking goes, I don't know how much you have to drink to start hallucinating that a bear is a big hairy person. You're going to fa- you're going to pass out yeah. long before you start hallucinating. And even then like 
it might be like, yeah, I'm exaggerating the size of this bear. Like maybe oh, right. I saw like a little tiny black bear. Yeah. And then I turned it into this this giant Kodiak. Right. But it's still a bear. You still know it's, what a bear I, is and know what yeah. a sound a bear makes. Yeah. Like you're like it's not your fur. You've lived the people who, unfortunately, get like derogatized this way, like have had that derogatory towards them, the whole Hicks thing. They've people who have lived out there have lived out there all their lives. That house sometimes is a family house where like their grandparents lived in there and they visited them and now they live in this house. Like Mm -hmm. that's a family house. That's a family land. So they're going to know what's around that area because they lived there for so long. Yeah. Like they're, if, and if so, if they've seen something out of the ordinary, it's nine times out of 10 going to be out of the ordinary. Yeah. Even if it is just a weird bear. Yeah. Like they'll be like, yeah, that bear doesn't belong here. Like this, why, why do we have a Kodiak bear in northeastern Ohio, that yeah. doesn't belong here, That's but not they know to be it, here. it's a bear. Yeah, but they know it's a bear. And, and then there's also a difference between like seeing something at night in the woods, lots of like trees, so you can't really see anything, and you mm. see something big moving in the forest. Yeah. As this story progresses, they were getting clear sightings of what like of this creature. So shortly after the brothers jumped on this thing, sad, one of their dogs died. Oh, it was yeah. found. Um, still attached to its leash outside. Oh, man. Its neck was broken. Oh, um, shit. Now, I almost didn't include this because it was sad, but I also think yeah. it's it's an interest. Like, I think it is an important part of the story because it is it is weird how it goes from these semi-friendly interactions to being slightly more hostile. Yeah, like from just tossing rocks back and forth and then uh, all of a sudden killing the, the family dog. Yeah. And there were like no bite marks. There was nothing like obvious about it outside of like it was still attached to the chain. So they're like, the, the police said either something broke its neck or it did this to itself out of fright. Oh, my God. Um, that, argu- that second one is arguably the worst possible way. Yeah, like that's... Like, yeah. Huh. And they had another dog who was okay physically, mm-hmm. but emotionally was like very upset for a long time afterwards. Did, so was it with the other dog in the forest? That I didn't have, any, oh, okay. I have as much... Uh, uh, clear like yeah there, there wasn't as much information about that but, okay that's fair um so this all leads up to the first major event of august 21st 1978 uh they sent out a call to the sheriff's department and a deputy james shannon mm-hmm. uh came to investigate and the family was in a state of panic and shannon who's interviewed in small town monsters uh said they saw a large hairy object and i was just like yeah, <laughs> a large hairy object. Um, but there was so there was a, it was a series of events throughout the night. Yeah. Um. So that it was the the core family, some of the extended family, like the the Ackermans, mm-hmm. and then some of their their friends that lived in the area, and they hear a noise out by their chicken coop. Mm-hmm. Then they see two pairs of yellow eyes. Oh. Scott Peterson, friend yeah. of the family, saw two cougar type felines. Which is another part of the weirdness. Yeah. There's that. Yeah, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah, because it, it is usually when they saw the other creatures, the other, the rest of the family saw a large bipedal hairy thing. Yeah. And again, like uh, I was talking about, there's so much more to the story that we could be getting into. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these other stories that have happened throughout the years are one big thing and two smaller things. That's interesting. Because, like, there's that whole, the the other cryptid that, like, gets kind of tossed at the wayside, but is still prevalent in a lot of encounters, is, like, 
rand it's not like random sounds like the wrong word because it, but it's these sightings of big cats yeah that, sh- that shouldn't that be in america and especially like ohio we don't have cougars no we don't we don't um, have any of that we i think we we used to i think but I right think now a long our big time ago yeah our big cat is the bobcat that's as big is, as it gets yeah it's just it's they're they're cuddly looking yeah i want to kiss its nose me too i'm gonna die that way i'm certain yeah uh, but yeah, it's much smaller than a cougar. Yeah, but uh, like, yeah, you hear these, even in England, you have these reports of just these big cats. Yeah. Like, they don't really ever say what they actually are, but they're like, it looked like a big panther. It looked like a big tiger. Like, it, it like it's all these reports of just these oddly big, odd big cats. And there are other stories of beings. For me, the big one is Mothman, which there's also a lot of interesting other things about the Mothman. All these other stories that were happening at the same time. Yes. That are linked to the Mothman phenomena. Mm-hmm. And so it all, yeah, these weird sightings of animals that don't belong here, weird people, mm-hmm. um, the whole men in black phenomena. Oh, yeah. We could yeah. Just, I could oh, go off on a whole yeah. ta- tangent about weirdness. Oh, yeah. But that's why I think this is a great case for introducing people to what generally ends up getting called high weirdness. Yeah, yeah. Um, high or high, uh, high weirdness, high strange is one of the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. There are the like the standard events, like the the ones that people hear about, like, are, and then you start scratching the surface at even just those events, like the Mothman. Like everybody hears about the Mothman, mm-hmm. but then you start learning about the Men in Black that were in town. Oh man, yeah, um, Indrid Cold and all the alien sightings that mm-hmm. were occurring. So yeah, and I think that I think this is a good entry level case. Yeah, for that kind De- of it definitely thinking. is. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, so the they see this large thing, they run for the house, call the sheriff, and then. Two of the family members arm themselves with a twenty-two pistol and a twenty-two rifle. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. And then the creature stood at the kitchen window for ten minutes. Wow. And this is where I was talking about, like, they got a good sight of it, because they had these big floodlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they saw the thing. Yeah. Mudrack reported that the witnesses were saying that it reached the eaves of the house. So that's... That's tall. That's about... Yeah, that's probably... About us, that, that that usually ends up being where the ceiling of the f- ground floor will be. Yeah. So we're, th- we're that's talking like over seven feet, upwards of maybe nine. Mm-hmm. That's fucking tall. Though, though my favorite was how in the in the documentary said it was six to seven feet, much <laughs> smaller. But then he said it was four to five hundred pounds. I was oh like, that's a God. that's a round boy. That's a very round. <laughs> that's man. just a big. That's a big hairy bottom ball. <laughs> Absolute unit. Oh my god! Uh, hey guys, it's just he just kind of like rolls. Yeah, that's how it just, it's just a, it's just a big ball. Uh, now I want to hug him. Yeah, now it's, it's Sully. Yeah, it's, it's like Sully. I just want to give it a good Good Monsters Incorporated. Yeah, um, they also said that there was a strong ammonia sulfur smell, so maybe I don't want to hug him. It's like what? Yeah, exactly. When I, it's like what I said in the Smasher Pass. Every Bigfoot-ish thing always has a stinky smell to yeah, it. Yeah, which because Shannon, who showed up later said that there was still, like, when he showed up about 15 minutes after the call was made. Yeah. Five minutes after the creature left. There was this strong ammonia sulfur smell, which I'm like, you can just say piss? You can just, yeah. We're all adults here. Mm -hmm. Just say piss. Oh, and uh, also, weird, uh, one of the things that comes up in a lot of demon cases or, like, evil spirits cases uh, is the smell of sulfur. Yeah. Or even extra-dimensional beings is the this sulfuric smell. That's Alien cases, thing. too, there usually yeah. ends up being... Ammonia is one of, like, the very... Because it's... Yeah. Ammonia, specifically, is a very sterile smell. Mm-hmm. And that one shows up a lot with aliens. Yep. 
It's all connected. It's people. all fucking connected. This is where the tinfoil hats come on. Yeah, this is where yeah. like, oh, fuck. like every like I start falling down this rabbit hole every now and then, and I'm just like, I Bigfoot's an alien ghost. Bigfoot, yeah. alien ghost. Yes. Get it tattooed. Dude. Yes. They also say that the creature had no visible facial features because of the way its hair. It had like some kind of like hipster mop top situation. Oh, going on. I, I was picturing that cousin it. Yeah, from yeah, Adam's like, family. I was yeah, picturing cousin it. They they describe it throughout like these different encounters, saying like there is long hair in other places, but there's other places where it's really patchy, so you can see the musculature. Oh, neat. Okay, so he. Okay, so oh, I'm like, so, yeah, it's not yeah. just solid fur. It's, it's not, not like just a solid a fur boy. It's not it's, a solid fur bog. It is like when you're. <laughs> When your uncle takes his shirt off, there's just way too much hair. <laughs> it just takes his shirt off, and you all of a sudden he's like, it looks like he's still wearing a sweater. Why are you, yeah, like it's like Robin Williams. I'll say Robin Williams instead oh, of your uncle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very hairy man. May, rest in peace, but yeah. very hairy man. Uh, that was kind of the general description. That would once again, like other people unrelated to the Catons, having sightings before this one, same description. Uh, Deputy uh, Shannon shows up about 15 minutes later. Strong stench. And he, to this day, is like, I believe they had some kind of encounter. He can be hesitant on whether or not it was Bigfoot. Right, okay. But he does believe that they saw something weird. Yeah, this is the uh, sheriff? Yeah the, yeah, the sheriff's deputy. Yeah, the sheriff's deputy, uh, and that takes a lot. of how spooked they were. Yeah, um, and I feel like it takes a lot for uh, someone in that position, in the law enforcement position, because to, to even stay consistent on there was something weird because you have, they're going to get made fun of at their precinct for believing that they saw something. That's why a lot of reports from law enforcement don't get reported Yeah, because they're afraid of being ridiculed. Yeah. Even like with the, the frogman where the, there is the one officer who saw something. Yeah. And then another officer later on, I learned shot and killed an iguana that had escaped and lost its tail. Oh my god! And he's like, I got them. I got that frog man. <laughs> I got that there frog man. And I was just like, there's a major difference between a bipedal amphibious <laughs> humanoid with a wand, and, with a wand, <laughs> casting some Harry Potter shit at you. Yeah. Versus an iguana. An iguana. <laughs> when people tell you things, you like don't dismiss it straight out of hand because. Humans are smarter than we treat them. We 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 can get really dismissive of humans being dumb, but we're we're smart. We know what we see. We know what we see. It's it's a, yeah. It's the exact same thing of like people are all, uh, when uh, back in the day when our our ancestors would see uh, weird stuff like in the report on other weirds. It's like our ancestors weren't idiots. Yeah, no, like, they had to everything that we have now. They had to figure out. Yeah, like, like they're not idiots. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things where I'm like, the ancient folk. Yeah, this is a whole other tangent I can go on that I'll refrain us. But yeah, it's it, it yeah it's it's one of those things where trust that humans are smart. Yeah, I think like generally well-meaning. Yeah, like gen- there are, generally, there are, yes. there are there are tons of grifters and stuff tons, like that out there. Tons, and you can usually you can usually smell them out fairly quickly. Y- yeah. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially when it comes to this kind of weirder stuff. A lot of people don't want to talk about it because they're no. embarrassed. Yeah, and I, it's it's like that with this and hauntings, like because people, one, it's there's a there's a threat of talking about it may bring it back, mm-hmm. and as well as just the like, 
a red flag for me, not not to get on too far of a tangent, but a red flag for me when it comes to either ghosts or cryptid sightings or anything like that from like a single person is that the person is making money off of it and actively yeah. pursuing money making endeavors to profit off of their sighting. That, that's, that's a red flag. For I me. I believe in the at least the possibility of psychic phenomena. Uh, yeah. And there, there are, there's a lot of studies that suggest that it could actually be a thing. Yeah. But I also, when it comes to like TV mediums, anybody, oh, who's, yeah. like, anybody who's making lots of money selling books and TV shows, mm. talking to dead people, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. The Long Island medium show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All that kind of, all that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's, yeah. It's the, the people who I've met who I'm like, you seem like you might actually have like a genuine gift they might do like small time money making. Like they, it's not like they're like they're not get, they're not going out there trying to get like any big deals. Yeah. They might just like do tarot readings or something like exactly. that. Exactly. But usually it's something they keep on the down low. It's not something they want to talk about very. No, often. it's not something they they broadcast. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. So, so we've got uh, the police. We got the police have shown up. Yes, yeah, so police and have shown up. they end up bringing in more deputies and they go into the broader area around the house on horseback and jeeps. Mm-hmm. Um. And they found a couple of weird things. There, there were some unusual but unsubstantiated footprints. Okay. They're like, these are weird shapes, but we don't know what they are one way or the okay. other. Okay, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Because that's one thing, like, some people are like, oh, that's just a bare footprint. Mm. Which sometimes it might be, especially if you're not familiar with what a bare footprint looks yeah, like. totally. These ones, they were like, we we can't tell what yeah. it is. It's, but there's also, so the, the kind of the area behind the house, it led into a ravine. Uh-huh. And it was heavily, like, heavy bush like lots of like thickets reeds bushes things like that and there there was this solid like there was this hole in the in this bush that looked like something big pushed its way through there oh weird and shannon found some people some reports said it was on a on a, a, a nail from the chicken coop someone also said that it was a uh, thorn in these bushes um, but regardless, he found some grayish brown hair. Ooh, okay. Sent it to Malone University nearby for analysis. The analysis was inconclusive. And then Shannon makes the classic mistake of not keeping a little bit for himself. Yep. And not getting receipts about everyone who touched it. Classic, classic cryptid hair mistake. Yeah, that's pro tip. Always keep a little bit of the sample for yourself. Always, always. Whether it's hair or if you find some poop. Keep some, Yo, of that, if, keep some of that poop for yourself. Yeah, if you find a little bit of Bigfoot poop or yeah. Minerva monster poop, you got it. Yeah, no, keep a little nugget for yourself. Yeah, just just store it to the side. Don't tell people what it is. Keep it in your freezer so it doesn't stink. Yeah, just, put it in like a, a vacuum sealed. Yeah, bat, but like, like a maybe thing. take it out every now and then. Give it a little sniff to see if it still smells weird. <laughs> yeah, if you if you're feeling up to it, little lick. It's okay. <laughs> I won't judge no. you. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Licking, we just, we're not telling our, I don't, kids, you can, you can lick. disavow this, but I'm sticking by it. <laughs> I don't, I mean, if you, I mean, you know At, what, you, as long as it's not hurting nobody, if you want to lick Bigfoot Dookie, hit, lick Bigfoot Dookie. If it, if it awakens something in for you, maybe, maybe it awakens Don't something. be ashamed. You know what, maybe, if you're, hey, as long as it's not hurting anybody, dude, it's cool. As long as you're not hurting nobody, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going, there's, there's art, like, I'm sure if I got into archive of our own right now, we would, there would be something. Oh, dude, you know there's Bigfoot fan fiction. Yeah. You know there's Bigfoot well, cross I, fan Well, there, there is, there's, uh, Tingle. 
The Tinglers. Oh no, what's his net first name? Uh, Chuck. Chuck Tingler? Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle. Do you not know Chuck Tingle? No. I'm kind of astounded. He's have, have you ever seen like the pounded in my butt by the Dr. Velociraptor? No. Chuck Tingle? I'm I'm genuinely shocked right now. I uh, he no. Pu- he publishes so many books. Like the man's a beast. Oh wait, 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 wait. Is, yeah. Are these these dumb romance novels that you see like on Amazon? Yeah. Like it's, uh, he he he's, there's hundreds of them, and they, and it's it's usually like sexy dinosaurs. Oh, okay. Sexy Bigfoot. Uh, I ha- okay. I have seen the sexy, covers. Sexy uh, uh, embodiment of time. Like <laughs> I have seen the covers of these from like internet reaction videos or like guess what this title is yeah, no, by just the cover. They're they're very funny. I had no idea what his name was. Uh, yeah, it's Chuck Tingle. They're Chuck called Tingle. Tinglers. Tingler. Uh, he's got a role playing game. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. I would love to um, play it. So anyways. Any, any where was... Oh, yeah. Hair. Yeah, hair. Uh, keeping hair for yourself. And so this leads into a series of smaller, but still kind of frequent encounters where yeah. they see the creature nearer to the house. There's one time how fires a shot in the air uh-huh. and scares it off. The first night where they had the guns and yeah. they were pointing it at the creature. Yeah. No fear. Like, the creature was, like, standing there. Damn. Didn't care. Damn. Balls. And then it, it eventually walked away of its own accord. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, the, like well, once again, that's, like, a... I guess maybe, like, you could have somebody who's, like, really cracked out, for lack you of a better You could. Word, who's like, I don't care that you got a gun. I've got... Two pounds of cocaine flowing through my system. I don't know how much cocaine will kill you. I that's that's I if I had to I guess, assume that's a lot. That's a lot of I would also assume that's a lot. I'm not over here being a drug expert. It might be like, yeah, I'm immortal now. Bullets will bounce off my body. Yeah. But yeah, that's like I'm blueing something like that. Uh, I think this is, this is also pre like bath salts. Yeah, this is way before zombie bath salts. So like that's one of the, one of, another one of those things where it's a human would be like, "Oh, that's a gun. It's a gun, yeah. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. But um, this thing's like, ah, whatever. Unless the hermit is, maybe, like, the hermit is actually, bol- like, he, he went out to the forest to, like, <laughs> meditate and become bulletproof. Oh, dude, he became bulletproof monk. And that's, he's just got a lot of hair. He's just, he's, it's Robin Williams. <laughs> he became bulletproof this is monk. The, I saw Minerva Monster. It was Robin Williams becoming bulletproof. God. Also, he did a lot of cocaine, so. Yeah, yeah, uh, he did, he did. Yeah, so the so the creature just keeps returning like all the way through September. There's one day that the grandchildren and a couple friends come like running into the house crying. They saw the creature. This is during like the day. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. During the day. And so a bunch of the adults went out and saw the creature, dark matted hair, once again. Okay. Three hundred pounds, seven feet tall. Whew. So maybe the same creature, maybe a different maybe creature. A different type. It can be very difficult to like judge height. Out, like especially like, what, once things get start getting like significantly taller than you, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to be like oh because you know how tall you are, yeah. But you're not. But like if it's taller than you, you're like oh god, it was taller than me, uh, six feet, seven feet, yeah. Even especially for kids, yeah. Kids it's, don't have any concept of height. Well, that, that's why like every now and then I'm like oh yeah, twelve feet's not that tall. I'm like no, that's two me's. Yeah, that's yeah. like if I stood on my own head. Yeah, that's Woo. really tall. That's very tall. Also, yeah. I would be doing a different line of work. Yeah, if I could do that. Yeah, same. Seven feet tall, and then. Later on, Evelyn Caton says that she saw the creature again sitting in a in the, the pit in their backyard, that uh-huh. like ravine area by the yeah. street line, going through the garbage. So once again, once again, Herbert put out the the garbage for the raccoons, mm-hmm. which admittedly, 
I don't know if you, I don't think you should leave garbage in your backyard for raccoons, but very wholesome action. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I they're, pro feed your raccoons. They're going to get into it regardless. They're yeah. going to they're getting smarter anyway. They got hands. Yeah. They're they're going to take over someday. Yeah, they got hands. It's like going to be them or the octopi. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Once again, it was that no visible face because you because of the way the hair this is like on his was face. covering it. Yeah. And then no visible neck either. It was just Barney rubbling up. Yeah. Just, oh, wow. That is a uh, weird looking thing. Throughout these encounters, Shannon said that he received a lot of reports from all over the area of bears and panther-like bobcats. Oh, interesting. Which, again, we got creatures that there aren't a lot of them in this yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there aren't that many bears in Ohio. No, not. A panther-like bobcat would be weird, because bobcats are gray, speckly. And yeah. on the sm- like, they're bigger than a house cat, but they're still... Uh, when it comes to big cats, they're small. Yeah, compared to a panther. Yeah. They're small. If you tell me panther-like bobcat, I'm like, that's a fucking big bobcat. That's a huge bitch. And then, yeah, and, and bears, I'm like, that's weird. Like, yeah. We, don't, we, we just, within, like, the last 10-ish years, got coyotes back in Ohio. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, okay. we, like, we, like, a lot of the bigger wildlife is gone. And this is a, a quote from the Schaffner report. Discovered that... A bear explanation was being used by local law enforcement to downplay the incidents. So the oh. the, law, the the cops are going out there men in black style, being like bears. it was it was swamp gas bounced off Venus hit this bear and it's now it's a Minerva monster and but it's just it's, a bear yeah it's just a bear oh wow they asked Evelyn Caton do you think you saw a bear mm-hmm. and she says not unless it was mutated Ooh. and that's again going back to that hit conversation. Mm-hmm. She would know what a bear looks like. Right. I trust her to know what a bear looks like. I would also trust her to know what a bear um, looks like. And there, there, there have been reports of like bears coming back into Ohio. Yeah. I don't know about 78. But yeah, we it's we don't have a ton of them. No, we don't. And I trust even like me. If I was out in the forest, yeah. especially during the day, you and would, I saw something, yeah. I've lived in the suburbs all my life. Same. I know what a bear looks like still though. Yeah. I might have a misconception about how big even like a black bear is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I would yeah. still be like, yeah. That's a bear. That's a, yeah, like, I know that's a bear. I've watched Discovery Channel. Yeah. That's a bear. That, that's my Winnie boy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a very angry Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, he's gonna eat my face. He's gonna eat my face, he's not eat honey. Here's some honey, let me get you your red shirt, you're missing. <laughs> that means he's not copyrighted if he doesn't have the red shirt on. Yeah, and that kind of leads into, like, the whole, like, why I am more open to the story, because there are consistent sightings, clear descriptions, mm-hmm. during the day. Yes. And they... Ultimately, the, the Catons just ended up being like, we're not going to talk this about talk about this mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. We don't want to deal with it. They had, like, once the report kind of got further out there, they had people coming from Cleveland, pickup truck full of beer and dogs hunting, and guns, hunting Bigfoot. Hunting the Minerva monster. Like, showing up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, oh, screaming at the Catons. Oh, my God. Shannon said that he, he didn't know how many times he was called over to deal with people coming out into the land. That's, that sucks, So, like, man. it's one of those things where it's like, they weren't looking for fame. They just, they got so scared, they made a call. Right. Like, what should, else are you going to do? Yeah, like, they're like, there's this big thing in our near our house. We don't know what to do. Yeah. And it, and then they, and then when Barbara Mudrack shows up, she's very friendly. She just gets the beat because she was a farm reporter. Yeah. The, the Beacon Journal gave the, they're like, oh, yeah, you grew up on a farm, You'll do all like the farm agriculture, agricultural animal reporting. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so when they heard they're like, oh yeah, this family saw a weird animal. You go talk about the animal. For a long time, it was just her. She mm-hmm. would go out there and sit on the porch with them late at night. Yeah. To see if she could see anything. She didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. But she came out of it being like, yeah, they saw something that wasn't a bear. 
that kind of ends up being the end of their reported sightings. And the, the documentary, How, who is the only member of the family who is interviewed, because the rest of the family is like, we don't want to deal with this anymore. No, I don't, um, yeah. He lives in the house. Okay, he still currently lives in the house. And he says, like, yeah, we still see it. We still interact with it. We just leave it alone. Dude. Like, we just basically, like, I know you're there. You know I'm here. We're cool. Respecting each other's spaces almost. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, oh, that's so, like, two, he's just like, yeah, we just don't talk about it because we don't want the attention anymore. That's cool. That's crazy. Yeah. I um, don't know if I would be comfortable. I don't know how comfortable I would be living in that house. Even if there is, like, a, this weird mutual respect between me living in my own space and then the monster living in its own space... I don't know how comfortable I would well, spe- be. With that. Especially if it comes and looks in my window. Yeah, especially if it just comes <laughs> looks in my window while I'm sleeping. I'm just like, dude, I'm naked. Like, huh? Please. Yeah. yeah. Walk away. Oh my god. Part of me, it says it's a little terrifying. Foot. But all the other part of me is like, I got a bro foot. I got a I, friend. Harry and the Hendersons was one of my favorite oh, movies. Oh, Harry and the Hendersons was great. And I always wanted that as a kid. I was like, yeah. I want a bro foot. I want this Bigfoot who comes over to my house. Yes. Really tall. It's cool. I always wanted like to be friends with a mon, like friends with the monster. Yeah. Like when you were talking how he looks like Sully, you reminded mm-hmm. me of a childhood toy I had that was a, uh, it was a stuffed Sully and he was all blue. He could light up. He had a scream canister, and if you pushed it one time, he'd be, he uh, would say, I'll protect you. And it was like, oh, man. Yeah, I want I want Monster Friend. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably also wanted a Monster Friend. Yeah. Uh, so, like, good prompt. Let us know which cryptid, ghost, alien being you want to be friends with. Yes. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Haunted Backyard. Use the hashtag Monster Friend and tell us what Monster Friend, tell us what monster you want to be friends with, and we'll read like, some of them on the air. If I'm going to pick a monster friend... Do we have to stay cryptid or can it be like a monster like that we know is fictional from like a story? I'm going to stick cryptid. Okay, okay. We'll or at least, at least I'm going to stick paranormal. Okay. okay. I am I might stick with Bigfoot. There's a part of me that wants to say Indrid Cold. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I know you're talking about. But yeah. that might also lead into some very weird government stuff that yes. like I don't know if I have the emotional capacity to deal with right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I heard yeah. he's very friendly. I've heard he's very friendly. And there's the, yes. like the main family that had the injured cold sightings and interactions. It was well into the 2000s. They were having, yes, they were I chilling. God, they I heard like, about this just yeah. recently. We don't live that far from the town where they started saying injured cold lived. Oh it's, man. It's a couple hours drive from here. Same with like Minerva though. We yeah, could yeah. also just go to Minerva. Oh no, I, I totally want to start. I want to want to do some like on location yeah. things eventually. Cause don't they like, do you have any other more uh, other things to talk about specifically with the sightings or with the Minerva? No, month? that okay. that is essentially the end of the story. Oh, We're okay. wrapping up now. Okay. Cause like, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I kind of saw a little bit of it in the documentary. Is the Minerva monster kind of like the little towns, like their Mothman? Is he kind of like at stores or like, is he a mascot sort of? It kind of was like during, during the actual sightings, there was a lot of marketing. Like a lot of the town started being like Bigfoot washed his car here. Yeah. And they did have at least one Minerva monster day. Oh, okay. I don't know. It, I think that was in 2016. I don't yeah. know if they've done it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there was a little bit of a mascotty thing going on. That's what it uh, looked like from the, the documentary. Yeah, but I, I think I, that also might have been like, a, oh yeah, we're a small town. We want 
tourists. Exactly, yeah. Which, honestly, it just looks like it'd be a chill place to go hang out. Honestly, yeah, it, it does. Like, that's, I would be 100% just visit it just to visit it. I didn't name my cryptid uh, monster friend. Uh, you said Bigfoot, and I'm going through, like, the list of all the ones that I would think I would want to be friends with that I know, and part of me is, actually, I'm just going to say the Fresno... Walkers. The Fresno Nightwork Walkers? The Fresno Nightwalkers. The Ghost Pants. The Ghost Pants. Because Those... they just seem super cute. They, uh, they probably have like a good sense of humor. They do. They, they, like, they're, they're walking like, Ooh. I almost answered Flatwoods Monster. Just because I think he looks pretty dope. My partner Elle was like, Squitchamoles has a thing where you can vote on a on their new stuff. And one of them was voting on the Flatwoods Monster becoming a Squishable. I'm like, I want that. I want that so bad. I'm also torn between... Bigfoot and Mothman himself. Yeah. I have a special relationship with Mothman. Love, yeah, who doesn't love Mothman, though? So, yeah, let us know who your cryptid ghost alien friend would be. Twitter account at Haunted Backyard. And use the hashtag Haunted Backyard Monster Friend. Yes. And let us know also if you would like the Bigfoot poop. It, <laughs> yes, yes. In that same post, let us know if you would uh, hashtag Monster Friend. This is my Monster Friend. Also, I like Bigfoot poop, or yeah. I wouldn't. Um, uh, we won't shame you. We don't know. We won't shame you. This is a very open space. So, I think that's going to wrap it. Yeah. Uh, this episode went a little bit long because there was just so many thoughts. So much to get through. And, and you know what? There could be a time where we can come back to this one. Specifically. Yeah. Oh, I definitely want to come back. Like, yeah. I want to do a We can do research. like a part two. We yeah. can do a part two to this. Not maybe, uh, not in succession, but this can be something we come back to. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Rate, review, share with friends and enemies alike. Please do. Send us emails. Mm-hmm. Once again, if you got a, if you got a good story. Let us know, and we will talk about it on the podcast. What is that email, Ian? It, that is hauntedbackyardcast at gmail.com. Yeah. I'm a, sorry. There, just got a, a message from Lex, who's in the other room, saying cryptids are thoughtage core. Thoughtage. Thoughtage core. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Right, like Ian just said, rate us, leave comments and reviews. It helps us. Like I said, this isn't our main job. But you could help us make it that. Meme us into notoriety. Need us into notoriety. I'll say notoriety. If one, if just one of the paranormal podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis mention me, mention, uh, mention this podcast specifically, if just one of them does, I will be the happiest person. And we will be, but we will both be the happiest person in the world. Even yeah. just one of them mentions us. Yeah. Let us know. Mm-hmm. If you got any scary stories. Yes. And we'll talk to you next time. Stay spooky. Stay nice. Bye, everybody. Uh